Hi everyone, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out all of my written reviews there anytime at Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net. I also want to remind you that I do another podcast covering films of the 1980s exclusively that is called Around the World in 80s Movies. Just do a search for it wherever you're listening to this right now and you'll find it. Or you can go to atwmovies.com. Today's film is going to be the fourth, I think, in the Oceans films. It's more of a spin-off than it is a sequel. It's called Oceans 8. It's a comedy thriller. It's rated PG-13 because of language, drug use, and some suggestive content. The runtime is an hour and 50 minutes. Quite a sizable cast here, but I'll get through it. Sandra Bullock is probably the main star with Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Helena Bonham Carter, Sarah Paulson, Mindy Kaling, Rihanna, Aquafina. Richard Armitage, and James Corden in smaller roles. The director here is Gary Ross, who also co-writes the screenplay along with Olivia Milch. Ocean's 8 here representing the fourth film in the franchise that was originally started by Steven Soderbergh back in 2001. Of course, that was called Ocean's 11 back then, which itself was a remake of a Rat Pack-tinged heist comedy from 1960. He updated it to really make it his own, and he followed it up a few years later with two lesser but somewhat still enjoyable sequels, Ocean's 12, which I think many consider to be the worst of that trilogy, and bouncing back a little bit more with Ocean's 13. From here, it would appear that the series would be over because everyone had passed on returning, but 11 years later, Gary Ross now takes over the reins of this spin-off film with Sandra Bullock playing Danny Ocean's equally smooth-talking sister, Debbie. Debbie, as the character, is just out on parole after five years for fraud, although it would appear from her scams that she's not exactly rehabilitated, doing whatever she can to not have to pay for anything in life. Being a con artist must be in the ocean blood because this story asserts that though we learn right off the bat that Danny Ocean is no longer alive to con another day, or is he, she's keeping up with what her brother did, as well as their father, in terms of a career, if you want to call it that. Having plenty of time in prison to concoct an elaborate scheme once she got out, Debbie puts forward her genius plan into motion. She reconnects with her old partner in crime, Lou, played by Kate Blanchett, and then instantly goes into recruiting the accomplices necessary to pull off a grand heist of a well-protected $150 million Cartier-designed diamond necklace called the Toussaint. The key to the plan is to get the necklace out of the vault that it's in and onto the neck of a vain actress named Daphne Kluger, played by a very excellent Anne Hathaway. Kluger is attending a posh gala at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and they want to swap it out without her knowing for a well-designed forgery. However, as with all heists in films, things don't always go according to plan. So much of the tongue-in-cheek vibe and the hip-jazzy formula that you expect from an Ocean's film is intact in Ocean's 8, save for the all-new cast, albeit with a few notable cameos from the original cast of the other trilogy. I won't spoil the film to tell you exactly who among that cast appears in this film. The ostensible hook about Ocean's 8, of course, is that it is an all-female heist film. Unlike the other films, which were definitely much more male-centric, this one doesn't necessarily change things except make more emphasis on the fabulousness of the fashion world rather than the neon glitz of gambling casinos and the male-dominated prior entries. 
Otherwise, it's fairly consistent with what we know about the Ocean series, although that familiarity also means that it will inherently feel derivative for those people who've already sat through three of these films already with the exact same formula. This one definitely doesn't deviate that much from that formula. As a heist film, it does work more in form than execution. You know, many films featuring con artists are usually built on conning the audience, us in the audience who are watching the film, through a bit of trickery in the plot and we end up getting some good reveals. The best of them involve misdirection of expectations, but as it is co-written here by Gary Ross and co-writer Olivia Milch, there really aren't any zigs or zags to be found, at least not the traditional ones. Ross here relies much more on the reveals that merely give us chunks of the plot that were left out in order to feel like game changers later. Another thing that I found disappointing is that the stakes do feel less than weighty this time out. I think the obstacles that the crew have to overcome also don't seem like much more than terrible security and some bumbling investigation. Unlike the heft of that necklace that they're trying to steal, the six-pound necklace, the Toussaint, at the core of the film's plot, this effort really feels kind of empty, insubstantial, and ultimately forgettable, even if it does catch the eye from afar like good jewelry would. Another important piece of the Ocean's formula that's lacking in this installment is the chemistry among the characters. Certainly there are a lot of appealing actresses here who all work very well in their individual performances. I think Helena Bonham Carter in particular is excellent as Rose, this out of vogue fashion designer. But there are rarely any moments in this film when seeing them in action together yields any more enjoyment or any additional excitement than when they're not together. It's also not a particularly witty film that elicits laughs, so that lack of cast chemistry is sorely missed here. And that leaves the film feeling like it's hitting all of the traditional marks in the Soderbergh efforts in terms of plot and aesthetics. And by the way, Soderbergh does continue here in terms of producing the film. But Ocean's 8 is just not as absorbing an execution or as hilarious as things go right or wrong as, you know, Ocean's 11. Few films really are, so I'm not trying to knock it as a terrible movie. It's just something that falls short. And speaking of short, it is the shortest of all of the Ocean's films to date, although it does still feel like it is outstaying its welcome, especially as the post-heist developments begin to kick in for the last I don't know, 30 minutes or so. And that's not to say that some viewers may not find the film fun. It's enjoyable enough to view this very talented, very funny actresses in a sleekly directed crime caper full of lots of unexpected cameos and some punchy music that adorns suave and well-edited cinematography. However, like all fine pieces of jewelry, this is a winning formula that continues to show wear and tear with each repeated use, and it kind of devalues it over time. The plot has a bit too many hitches, and after all of the switcheroos, we're left holding the far less valuable reproduction that only looks and feels like the real thing. So Ocean's 8, I've liked all of the Ocean's films in general, but this time out, even though we have a whole new cast here, it feels like the same stuff. And going by the fact that it really didn't make me laugh, and I didn't get a lot of suspense in terms of seeing where things may go awry, this was definitely much more form over substance this time out, and therefore I was probably not as invested into this movie as I was into the other Ocean's films. I'm going to give it two and a half stars out of four. Two and a half stars on my scale means that I do think it had all of the goods, it had the tools, it had the talent to be a good film. Somehow it just fell short for me from being able to wholeheartedly recommend it to everybody. So obviously mileage will vary in terms of this film. Expectations being low I think are going to help for some people. But for me, I think this is more of a rental kind of movie than it is one that I would encourage people to go spend their hard-earned money to go see in a theater. So two and a half stars out of four is the most I can give Ocean's 8. 
Thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button and you'll continue to get all of my reviews as they come out throughout the course of this year and beyond. If you have your own thoughts on Ocean's 8 and you want to let me know what you think, you can also find my contact information at this podcast's website. Yes, I just started a podcast website for this review show. You can go to quipsterpod.com. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R-P-O-D.com and check it out. There's also a place where you can leave your comments. I'm sure those people who really enjoyed this film probably want to leave a comment. You can do so there, quipsterpod.com. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, please enjoy your time. Anytime you get to go to the movies.